0: Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, offering securities through United Planner Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, shares his planning approach to help people toward a place where they may be at peace regarding their financial goals. In this dynamic podcast, Royal will share his insights on how to design a retirement plan to help you plan for your future. Now, on to the show.
1: Hello and welcome to Life by Design with Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors. Royal, it's so good to be back with you. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. How are you doing, Eric? Fantastic. Everybody's good here. You know, still doing the self-quarantine thing and social distancing and I, I am showering more often now, so that's good. Well, that's good. That, <laughs> that
2: is excellent to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Even I, though we're not in the same room, I think that's a, uh, uh, th-
1: that just improves the quality of the podcast. You it, know, yes. Just does, to know that everyone is freshly showered <laughs> by leaps and bounds. Yeah. It, it, they haven't invented Smell a Vision or Smell a Podcast or whatever that is. So, Either way, and I thank goodness at this yep. point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in, in these times, absolutely. Uh, Zoom would be a disaster if it was a smell of Zoom. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, let's get on to the topic. You, you said you're going to be presenting and you sent me a bunch of questions. You really want to answer the frequently asked questions that you get posed through emails and, and through your website and just when you're talking to people.
2: And these are really the questions that, that I come across most often when someone's maybe thinking about working with us for the first time or mm-hmm. thinking about making a change. So these are a lot of the uh, questions I get hit with uh, kind of very early on in a client relationship. I think it's good to kind of go over these and give people some reference points. So, you know, if they're interviewing us, if they're interviewing another financial advisor, it kind of gives them some uh, kind of reference points to mm-hmm. look at as they go through the interview process.
1: All right. I'm going to fire these questions at your audience. I hope you're ready. It's going to be fast and furious as, as well, as fast as furious as Royal wants to be with these. So here we go. <laughs> number one, Royal, I can do this myself, right? Hiring a financial planner versus doing it yourself. What's the difference? How do I decide if I can actually do this myself or if I need some help?
2: Right. So number one, I would say the big thing is, is all the technology companies, all the custodians, they are making it easier and easier for you to manage your own money. I think that's wonderful. I think education and empowering people to, to do that is, is a great thing. The real question is, is do you have the time, the ability, kind of the emotional fortitude to try to manage your own assets? I think a lot of people uh, think that they do until that first time that they have a big decline in the markets like we've seen over the past uh, few months. And then they start to uh, kind of question things of this isn't as easy as I thought it was. I I don't know what to do when the market goes down. And I don't want to make a mistake that's going to do irreparable harm to my Mm -hmm. portfolio. So, you know, I think you have to be pretty honest with yourself of do you have the time to watch things? Do you have the time to stay educated? I'm all for people doing it themselves and uh, if they enjoy it and they love it. I think that's fantastic just because you you have the option to do it yourself doesn't mean you should just like you have the option of changing out your own oil you know doing your own drywall or painting sometimes it's better just to hire a professional who knows what they're doing aren't going to make the mistakes of someone learning uh how to hang drywall or how to to uh, make sure they put the oil cap back on the engine after they uh Mm -hmm. they they refill it so really people want to hire a financial planner to really help them put together that plan for the future, help them with the investments, help them with all the other parts that they're trying to take a look at and make sure that they're prepared for the future.
1: Okay. So that begs the question, how do I know that the financial advisor or financial planner that I'm speaking to is bringing all the right pieces to the table? That is a great question. So number one,
2: I would say, look at how long an advisor has been in the business. You really want somebody who's kind of probably past at least that first five years in the business. And I hate to say that because this is a very tough business to be in, in those first five years. But if we're talking about your retirement uh, savings, you know, I think it's really important that you have someone who's been through various market cycles. Uh, who has a lot of experience in how to deal with the markets and have already developed their investment philosophy, aren't chasing the first thing that they hear about as, oh, this is a solution for all my clients going forward. The other thing I would look at very closely is what is their educational background? Do you have uh, some of the degrees that we'll see like a CFP or a CHFC, some of the more advanced financial planning designations, mm-hmm. I think are are an excellent resource to kind of say you know does this person care about learning more about the business and learning uh, how to get better at their job and then finally i think one of the most important things to do and it's probably overlooked by way too many investors is take a look at your advisor's broker check record broker check is a online tool uh, put together by finra Uh, where you can take a look and see what the uh, history of a financial planner is. You can see what their previous jobs were, uh, where they've worked. Have they been changing firms quite a bit? Do they have complaints on their record? I think that's an excellent tool to use to really make sure that you're working with, you know, the person you think you're working with. All
1: right, well, here's the next question. There's a lot of different types of financial planners are out there or financial advisors out there uh, in a lot of different areas and I, I, I can't even think of all of them off the top of my head but how do you know which one you need or which one is the right fit for you? great question. So this really comes
2: down to, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are willing to sell you something. They're willing to sell you a, an annuity, a mutual fund, life insurance, etc. A lot of times these might be one trick ponies where they have one product to sell. And you know, that's what they're going to give to you. There's always the joke that when all you have is, is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And I see that quite often with, you know, people who just do life insurances. They might do a very thorough uh, analysis of where you're at, but every solution they're going to come up with, uh, at least for the most part, is going to be a life insurance product, whether it be an annuity or a life insurance contract. So that's always something to kind of be on the lookout for. Also, taking a look at the difference between a true financial planner and simply an asset manager. There's a lot of people out there in the industry who all they really do, and their entire value proposition is completely wrapped around, I manage your money. I don't provide any other value outside of managing your money. I'll ask you some questions about your accounts, but that's probably about as far as it's gonna go. What we do at Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors is we are true financial planners. So we do all the asset management, but on top of that, We're looking at uh, your tax planning. We're reviewing your tax returns to see how what we're doing in the portfolio is affecting you. We're looking for strategies you could take back to your CPA and maybe try to save some taxes. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're looking at your estate plans, your wills and your trusts. And if you don't have those, we're, we're connecting you with an attorney to have those prepared, or at least do some consultation to see if something's necessary. We're taking a look at college planning for kids and grandchildren. And then also, I think the the most important part of all this, as we're doing the retirement planning and saying, you know, do you have enough to make it through the rest of retirement? We're also looking at that income planning portion, which I think gets overlooked by a lot of financial advisors, which is which accounts do I need to take money out of to really help my portfolio last as long as possible? And also along those same lines, pay as little tax as possible by smartly taking distributions from various accounts.
1: Got it. All right. The next question kind of comes back to thinking about that financial planner, or that financial advisor. Royal, what is a fiduciary?
2: So it's interesting. I, I get asked the question, are you a fiduciary? Hmm. Uh, a lot more than The question of what is a fiduciary, you know, a fiduciary has become somewhat of a buzzword in the last few years. So really what a fiduciary is, is someone who is going to come in, basically help you with a problem. In this case, financial planning and investment management, they're going to sign a contract with you to basically put your interests above their own. Mm -hmm. In a fundamental basis, it's really someone who is going to look out for you uh, above their own interests. If we look at kind of how the industry has evolved over time, we really started off with the majority of advisors just being a broker of some kind. What that means is they don't have a fiduciary duty necessarily to a client. Their only real regulation there is to make sure that any investment recommendations that they make are suitable for that individual client. Mm -hmm. Now suitability is a pretty wide ranging word. Is it suitable? versus is it in your best interest? Fiduciaries or investment advisors are really taking that, I think to a much higher level of care and that's that fiduciary standard. Advisors like myself, we're we're actually duly registered. So we operate uh, a little bit in both worlds, but the vast majority of everything that we do is under that investment advisory umbrella. Mm -hmm. So I think the number one thing when we're talking about a fiduciary is, what are the conflicts of interests? The biggest thing I think the investing world wants to know is how are you getting paid?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, who's paying you, how are you being compensated, et cetera. The industry as a whole, I don't think has a done a good job of really talking about this and really helping clients make sense of it all. So conflicts of interest exist all the time. The biggest thing that we want to do is with our clients really just get them on the table and disclose them make sure the client is aware that, Hey, there's, there's a conflict of interest here, whether it's a, in a recommendation that we make of moving money over, uh, from another account, uh, to our management, because whenever we make that recommendation, we're basically saying, you know, fire, whoever's managing your money over here and bring it over under our management. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's, somewhat of a uh, of an implicit uh, conflict of interest of, hey, you should hire us for this. So we just want to make sure that we're disclosing to our clients. Hey, if you want, you can leave that over here. But if you're not getting the service or you don't have access to the choices that you want to have, that's a great way of giving yourself. That freedom is by moving the money over. So we just want to make sure that we're we're disclosing all the conflicts of interest. And ultimately, how how do we get paid? In the vast majority of our client relationships, we get paid a fee uh, that the client pays us to help them manage their accounts and also cover our costs for all the financial planning that we do. Now, in our initial engagement with a client, we may charge an upfront fee to build the initial financial plan because that involves a lot of research, uh, a lot of uh, data gathering and uh, data input there. Uh, But after that, we really wrap our costs into our advisory fee, uh, which starts at 1% of assets under management. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that that clients kind of know exactly what they're, they're paying for. So in the vast majority of cases, we're just getting paid 1% on assets under management from the client. And the nice thing with that is no matter what products we're recommending, uh, that's going to be the same. If we're recommending someone to be more conservative, more aggressive, Uh, It really doesn't matter. We're getting paid the same. So the client can rely on that information to know that there's no conflict of interest there, that I'm not getting paid more for making a recommendation over here versus into something else.
1: Royal, we talked about a fiduciary, so this this question actually kind of goes back to that a little bit. But being a fiduciary, is that really the only standard, or is that the main standard you should be thinking about when when hiring an advisor? Uh, I think
2: it's a very important one, but... it doesn't solve all your problems because ultimately, you know, Bernie Madoff who made off with, I think, what, $50 billion there in the two mm-hmm. thousands, he was a fiduciary. Oh, great. <laughs> you know, uh, so <laughs> just, just because you, you, you file the right paperwork and you put out disclosures, none of that means that you're, you're actually doing right by the client. So you still want to uh, go into everything with your eyes wide open there. One thing I always say whenever, you know, Bernie Madoff comes up or any types of Ponzi schemes or concerns about someone running off with your money there is the importance of hiring a fiduciary who is using an independent custodian. What that means is the fiduciary himself or herself isn't actually taking possession of your funds, but is instead depositing them at a third party where they do not have access to it, where they can just take the money and run. And that's something that we do with all of our our relationships. It's really something where if someone says, I'm going to invest your money, I'm going to put it in this account that I control. My only recommendation is to run as fast as you can away
1: from that situation. Hmm. Well, it's interesting that you brought up Bernie Madoff and that he was a fiduciary. Uh, Here's the thing, that in every industry, you have people that can try to apply the system. They can they can take advantage of people. And, and it's interesting because I have a large glass block on my desk uh, that was once on somebody else's desk, I'm sure, but it has four sides on it, Royal. And each side has, uh, you know, some, some key words that businesses use as, as maybe their standard. So we've got communication, we've got excellence, we've got respect, and we've got integrity. And they each have a definition. So here's Integrity. We work with customers and prospects openly, honestly, and sincerely. When we say we will do something, we'll do it. When we say we cannot or will not do something, then we don't do it. And then if you look at the top of the cube, it has the company's name and it's Enron. <laughs> <laughs> Vision and values, baby. This big block sitting at my desk. Just, just a, I, I like it to sit here. I was never a part of Enron, but we know what happened there too. There were a lot of dishonest people within Uh, that company. And even though they say nice things on this, on this cube that sat on somebody's desk, it doesn't always mean that that's what they actually stand by or they live by. So I think it's great that you brought that up.
2: Yeah. We, we try to do everything that we can to uh, protect investors um, and our clients, but ultimately investors need to kind of follow their gut. If something doesn't feel Mm -hmm. right, if there's a question you feel like you should ask, ask it. I always want to hear questions from clients, you know, if there's a worry, if there's a concern, I I want to answer those because I just feel like, you know, I want to run my business as transparently as possible. And, you know, that's why we're doing a podcast today about how do we get paid and answering these questions about how to hire a good financial planner and a good fiduciary here.
1: All right, Royal. I know we we were talking about how you get paid and you, you mentioned fees. And one of the questions on your list is why aren't you fee only?
2: And fee-only is an interesting term. Some of these terms that we throw around as financial advisors and we use them to communicate with clients and and prospects always strikes me as as very funny. We seem to want to lead with how we get paid. So Mm -hmm. fee-only, fee-based, mostly fee, commission, all of these are just terms to define how an advisor gets paid. So we are duly registered. You know, we're registered with a broker dealer, United planners, Mm -hmm. and we have our own uh, registered investment advisor registered in the state of Oregon, Oregon Pacific financial advisors, all of Mm -hmm. our investment advisory business. We run through Oregon Pacific financial advisors. At this point, we've been in business for about 25 years now. So we often get asked, you know, what, why, why aren't you just on the fee side? Um, And, you know, I think there's a simple reason for that is we've done kind of both sides for so long here. We have clients that might be in a mutual fund that doesn't necessarily need to be managed and charged a a 1% fee on. Maybe there is good products like the Oregon 529 plan. Maybe there's just buy and hold uh, stock traders who just want to buy a stock and sit on it for the next you know, 10, 15 years that don't want to have their accounts charged 1%. Sometimes it's much easier to use a commissionable account to help a client solve a problem than it is just saying, hey, I'm an investment advisor. I charge 1% and if it doesn't fit into that, I'm not going to do it so oftentimes what we'll look at when we're sitting down with a client is look at kind of the lifetime fees that a client will pay and say you know what's going to be the most uh, economical for you to pay uh, and sometimes honestly it could be an Asure mutual fund where they're paying a fee up front uh, and sitting in that for a period of time you know same with with annuities there's we're getting better at uh, having advisory annuity contracts, but the vast majority of annuities are sold by commission. And what that means, the difference between fee versus commission, is when we say fee, that simply means that you, the client, are paying that fee. With a commission, um, the client isn't necessarily paying that fee, we're getting paid from a third party, usually the investment uh, company or the insurance company, uh, that is paying us that commission, same with life insurance commissions. When we help a client, you know, protect their family with life insurance, we get paid a commission from that. Looking at all that, we just, we just see being duly registered as a way for us to help save a client money, uh, in the long run by having access to kind of the whole gamut of the investing space to do that with. Now, the biggest thing that we look at is, are we disclosing this? Are we helping the client make sense of this? Because I might be able to look at a situation very quickly and say, well, it's going to make more sense for him to pay a commission one time versus getting hit with an annual fee. So in a case like that, it's just helping them understand, hey, you're going to pay less in fees over here. You're going to pay a commission, but in the long run, you're going to be better off. Uh, all, all other things being equal. So we are really just trying to help our clients understand that and look out for their best interests. And, you know, sometimes reaching into our other tool bag, uh, allows us to do that at a higher level.
1: Got it. All right. Well, I've got a couple questions that aren't on your list. Excellent. Excellent. You ready? Let's hear them. All right. All right. So here's the thing I'm working with you Royal right now. Let's say, and uh, I've got some family members, but they're not in Oregon. They're in different states. Are you licensed in other states?
2: I am. I am. I'm licensed, I think, in about 20, 25 different states. You know, it's a pretty simple thing to get licensed in another state. So if it's any state that we're not not licensed in, we can easily get licensed there. But for the most part, especially on the, uh, the West Coast, uh, we're, we're licensed in uh, just about everything uh, west of the Rockies.
1: Got it. And with today's day and age where everybody's meeting by Zoom meeting anyway, <laughs> it's, it's probably pretty standard where you, you can meet anybody any, anywhere in the United States. Uh, so that's fantastic.
2: Absolutely. And I have clients all over the U.S. and uh, referrals by uh, other clients or, or family members. And we have a great time working with those folks, even if it has to be you know over Zoom or over the telephone. You're just not limited by your uh, geographical location
1: anymore. Next question, if I come in and we talk or, or we meet by Zoom meeting or whatever, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be a good fit due to, to my circumstances or certain things that you uh, specialize in, do you have other people that you recommend?
2: Absolutely. If, if it's just not a good fit for what you're looking for, we have other advisors we can refer you to. Also, a lot of times, sometimes people just aren't ready to start investing. Sometimes there's other things like maybe Mm -hmm. too much debt, maybe some other issues that they need to look at that might make more sense for them getting ready to retire. One example I can think of quite often is someone who comes in, let's say they're a married couple, uh, about 60 years old, haven't saved anything for retirement. Sometimes we'll get done with that first appointment and I can look at this and say, you know, the best thing for you to do is just try to work and get the house paid off. There's no need for you to be saving because really you're not going to be able to save enough over the next five years to offset what it will do for you financially to get the house paid off in that period of time. So, you know, we might yeah. refer them to a, a somebody to help them refinance, maybe lower an interest rate, a reverse mortgage specialist, if that's something that they need. So we refer people out all the time if we're not the right fit for them, because m- my heart is in this to help people. And, you know, sometimes they need someone else's expertise that will help them much more than mine.
1: And I want everybody listening to understand that truly Royal did not know I was going to ask those questions, but that's exactly why I asked that last one. Uh, I've known Royal for quite some time. I know where his heart's at and I know that he's going to do everything he can to make sure that you're in the best position possible because he is a fiduciary and he is a true fiduciary (laughs) and takes that very seriously. Royal, thank you so much. Any closing thoughts for today? You know, I think the
2: biggest closing thought here is, You know, if you're trying to decide between doing it yourself or hiring a financial planner, I think the easiest thing to do is sit down with one or two or three financial planners. Uh, No more than that, because, you know, it gets it gets a little repetitive after a while. But uh, Mm. I think it's good to go through that interview process and just hear kind of what are some of the things that a financial planner can bring to your own situation? And maybe there's things that you haven't even considered that can help improve where you're at right now
1: absolutely royal always a pleasure thank you so much for your time today thank you eric it's great to be here you bet and i want to thank each and every one of you that's listening right now thank you so much for listening to the life by design podcast with royal stanley if you have not subscribed to the podcast yet please click the subscribe now button below this way when royal comes out with a new podcast it'll show up directly on your listening device this makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family and now we know it doesn't matter what state they're in share this with them because royal would be happy to have a conversation with them again. Thanks for listening today. For everyone at Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Life by Design podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The views expressed are those of the presenter and may not reflect the views of United Planner Financial Services material discussed is meant to provide general information and is not to be construed as specific investment, tax or legal advice individual needs vary and require consideration of your unique objectives and financial situation always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning advisory services offered through Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors Inc Securities offered through United Planner Financial Services of America, member FINRA and SIPC. Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. and United Planners Financial Services are independent companies.